0: So it's really rare that we find that all four Gospels have uh, something similar, a detail, or a story that they all will tell us. They're different Gospels, obviously, because they give us different accounts of what Jesus did. But today we hear detail in John's Gospel that's in every single Gospel, and that's this. That the resurrection happened on the first day of the week. So every single Gospel, when it tells the story of the Resurrection, makes sure that you and I and the readers know that Jesus rose on the first day of the week. Now you may ask, why is that detail so important, Father? It's because if you're a good Jew, right, and a good Catholic, and you know your Bible well, this will bring you immediately back to the first creation. Because when God creates the first creation, Right? We hear something magnificent. We hear that on the first day of the week, God said, let there be light. And God saw that the light was good. They may say, what does that mean? Well, we have the disciples, or the, these Gospels, tell us that Jesus appeared and rose from the dead on the first day of the week because the light now rises from the tomb life and death are separated you see in the first account of genesis we hear that after the creation of light god separates light from darkness he doesn't create darkness and then with the resurrection we see christ the light of the world rising from the dead on the first day of the week Why? Because Christ in the resurrection is now ushering in, establishing a new creation. And now with this new creation, everything has to be seen through the lens and the eyes of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. But as we all know, when new things come about, the old must recede. The old must fade away. The old must make way for the new. And so in today's gospel, we hear interesting detail. That Jesus appears to his disciples on the evening of the first day of the week. And now, Thomas isn't there, so he has to appear again. And guess when he appears again to the disciples? Not on Monday, not on Tuesday, but a week later. Which means what? That he appears to them again on the first day of the week. Which should clue to us that something about the resurrection must be significant. The resurrection must change everything then, if Jesus chooses to do that. And so I'd like for us to go back to that gospel reading and see maybe where some things of the old creation are beginning to recede and things of the new creation are beginning to rise. Now let's not forget that when God created the world in the beginning of time, He created it good, very good. But then we had the disobedience of Adam and Eve. And ever since then... Sin has produced two things in the old creation, unbelief and fear. As sin increased, so did two things, unbelief or faithlessness and fear. And I'd like to kind of give you this image that that initial original sin was kind of like a knot. And over centuries and centuries, knots upon knots upon knots have been formed. And now we have a big mess on our hand when Jesus steps into the scene. But Jesus wants to come undo those knots. So let's, I'd like to first go to Thomas. So Thomas, for some reason, is not with the 12, the first appearance. Maybe he's getting groceries, right? Because the disciples never have food to eat. We don't know why he's not there. But what happens? Thomas says, hey, look, guys, I know y'all said you've seen the Lord, but unless I touch the nail marks, unless I put my hands in his side, I will not believe. Then on that first day of the week, Jesus comes to him. And how does Jesus respond to Thomas's lack of belief? First, he approaches him and says, peace be with you. And then what does he do? Thomas, put your finger here and see my hands. Put out your hand and place it in my side. Do not be faithless but believing. And as Thomas does that, what does he say? He makes one of the greatest confessions of faith we know. We always consider him doubting Thomas, right? But we give him a bad rap. Because he makes one of the greatest confessions of faith. My Lord and my God. In one sense, it's greater than Peter's confession that he makes earlier in Jesus' ministry. My Lord and my God. And so we see Jesus coming to shatter his unbelief. He wants to invite him to faith. He wants the old man of Thomas, the doubting Thomas, to die and for the faithful Thomas to rise. The resurrection changes everything. Now let's back up to that first appearance. Why are the disciples hiding in the upper room? We're told they're afraid. And they're afraid, I think, because of two reasons. First, because they fear the Jews. Now, why would they fear the Jews? Because they think that the fate of Jesus is going to be their fate. You see, they haven't really pondered Jesus' words that you have to lose your life to save it. You see, they're still trying to save their life and they're losing it really fast. They fear the Jews. So, how does Jesus meet them where they are? How does He respond to that particular fear? He steps to them and says, Peace be with you. But then what does Jesus do? He shows them his hands, his feet, and his side, which has the wounds. Why would Jesus do that? How does that respond to their fear? Because he's saying, Hey guys, you see these wounds? These were my demise. These were my death. But they have not overcome me. I have conquered that, now these wounds are a sign of my victory. You don't need to fear. If you fear what they did to me, let me show you what they did. But guess what, I'm alive. And so Jesus responds to that fear, but I think they're afraid because of another reason. They're afraid of Jesus. They say, why would they be afraid of Jesus? Because they had one job, what was their one job? to be faithful. And what do they do? (sighs) Scatter. They denied him. They betrayed him. They abandoned him. Now, put yourself in their shoes for a second. What about somebody that you denied, stole from, lied to, betrayed, abandoned, and you meet them for the first time after you did that? What would be your reaction? Maybe a little afraid of what they would say to you. And so Jesus steps on the scene, And what does he say? Peace be with you. But then how does Jesus respond to that particular fear? He gives them the power to forgive sins. In other words, he gives them the power to forgive the very things they did to him. Now they can be forgiven of their abandonment, their betrayal, their denial. And so Jesus comes to shatter their fears. You see, the old creation, that fear of the old creation has to now die, and now trust in Christ must rise. Our brothers and sisters, today we celebrate Divine Mercy Sunday, as I told you. And this is a Sunday where God, where Christ, the church, invites us to experience God's mercy so that we don't fear Him anymore. You see, His mercy turns our fear into trust. Peace be with you is what He says to you. He wants to shatter those things that keep us from trusting Him and that keep us from believing in Him. Now, I invited you to pay attention to the contrast. Did you notice? In the gospel, they're all afraid. But in the first reading, the Acts of the Apostles and Revelation, they're not afraid at all. Peter's going out healing people. John is exiled because he's witnesses to Jesus. And did you notice something spectacular? That they're literally taking all the lame and the sick and they're throwing them in front of the apostles just so, did you hear it? The shadow of Peter could touch them. That's a man possessed with the Holy Spirit. That's a man who let his fear, who let his unbelief die and let belief, faith, and trust in God rise in his heart. John is exiled. He's kind of in jail. That's a man who let his unbelief, who let his fear, die and let trust and faith rise in his heart. The resurrection changes everything. And my brothers and sisters, we do not follow a man who is dead. We follow a man who is alive. We follow a man who is risen from the dead, who is now in heaven, waiting to bring us from fear and faithlessness to trust and belief. My brothers and sisters, the resurrection changes everything. The question is has it changed you?